0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blue Wire Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into your Sunday edition of, well, we got two shows here. We got the OBR film breakdown with Jake Burns, and then we have All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward. If you paid attention to last Sunday, we started talking about an angle we are going to take every Sunday throughout the offseason as we try to navigate consistent content for you guys. Centered on the idea of an article that we write, well, I shouldn't say we, I'm going kind of uh, using some French there, Brad. You write the things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns every <laughs> oui, Sunday. We oui. we. Oui, oui. uh, so I, I wanted to sort of take that article, which I think is a great one. Stephen Thomas started, you have done a great job of picking it up and running with it where we, we have these thoughts about things we think we know about the Browns. Sometimes the things we know, sorry, the things we think we know are right. Sometimes they can end up being wrong. That's why we think we know them, right? That's just, it's, it's more of a stream of consciousness at times, what we think we know about the Browns. And I think every Sunday we're going to bring an opinion or two about the team into podcast form in a quick form so that you can just, have something to think about on your Sunday, if you're interested in still thinking about the Cleveland Browns outside of the regular season Sundays, as we know, which get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, I guess, engulf our minds, right? Is the way to put it. Those these off season Sundays are meant to be more relaxing and that's the way we're going to angle these pods. So again, reminder, Brad writes this uh, article up every Sunday. And I think really the week here. And if you've listened to pods, it's been a lot of talk on coaching and, um, I don't I don't think that should be a mystery as to what the subject matter is this week because things are evolving here. The Browns for three years had a pretty consistent staff. It did not change much. Now, there's good and bad that comes with that, right? If you're not changing your staff much, that that probably means you're not winning enough that your guys are being pilfered and taken away, which is what you ultimately want is is like look at the chiefs, what they've done, and obviously look at what the Eagles were robbed of coordinators. Um, this offseason. Now, the Browns did lose through Petzing. They, they deserve some credit there that Petzing did uh, get an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. But the, under the bigger picture of this umbrella is, you know, we're three, three years into the same staff, essentially, and now there's a little bit of pressure of figuring it out this year. So they, they're making changes. And we had presumed that these changes were done after Joe Woods um, on the large scale, but we got a surprise coordinator movement, um, this week, and then we're starting to see some trickling in of coaching changes as well. So, Brad, I'll let you lead off. You have a, a, a take here about this stat. And again, there's a lot of things to still be decided uh, in terms of who's sticking around and who's leaving. We know that the, the defensive line job was open. That's filled. Linebackers, uh, I, I don't know if Tarver is going to re- remain on. We we got to see about that. But the big position coach is sort of what they're doing with the collective defensive backs. Efrem Band is doing safeties. Are they going to have a corner coach and then a pass game coordinator? Are they going to have somebody overseeing the whole secondary? A lot to be decided there because if you know Jim Schwartz, he's more of a front guy than a back-end guy. So um, we have to figure that out. But there's still – I guess what I'm saying is we've got some information. We don't have the whole picture, and I think what you're going to talk about is sort of piggybacking on – Waiting to get that full picture, but some uneasiness off of it, right?
0: Yeah, so like, uh, my kind of uh, thought process here is like, uh, one step forward, two steps back, kind of here. Like, so I was very happy with uh, Prefer being relieved of his duties, uh, Bubba ventron I think, is uh, a good hire, and you know, Ephraim Banda, I don't know much about, but he seems like a high energy guy, he's a fresh face. Uh, was uh, dc somebody liked them in the building right so uh they bring in these guys and i'm and i'm feeling good like uh jake like uh they're gonna turn over uh, you know i want to give Stefansky credit right Like i want to they're gonna turn over some of the stuff that i didn't think they initially were gonna uh my fear was you know that they were just gonna recycle some guys here and then last night, when I was actually live on the air, we get the news that uh, they're taking run game coordinator Ben Bloom and making him the defensive line coach. Now, I know that Schwartz is basically so this is where it gets a little weird, right? And I don't want to get too in the weeds in this, but Schwartz is basically going to be like your defensive line coach, right? Like, that's a specialty, kind of. So I get that maybe the hiring of Ben Bloom isn't so significant, right? But I I think, like, my feeling on the thing, and I'm going to stick to my guns on this, is that if you're going to change the voice on the defensive side of the ball because it's been rather toxic over there, um, then you should change, go the whole way and change the entire voice. Like, I, I don't want, I mean, what's the point in changing the voice... To Schwartz, but then keeping a, a couple of the guys that are going to be relaying the message. Uh, ben Bloom has been here three years now, right? Uh, so you got to start here in 2009, 2010. He's been here in 2021, 20, Uh This will be his fourth season in the locker room. Uh, one of those years, they were the worst run defense in the league or, or for most of the year, right? So, uh, you know, my issue is like, yeah. I think there needs to be a different voice there. Like uh, them taking him and moving him to a defensive line coach. Like, I guess I'm not there to decipher whether that's, you know, justified or not. I just feel better. Like when you make a regime change, make a regime change or not a regime change, but like in this case, it's one side of the ball, right? Like you got rid of the head guy, get them all out, get all new guys in there, get Schwartz guys in there streamline this thing i think it makes the transition easier when they can speak his language and and um that you know adversity is going to hit at some point jake and and i don't want stuff that uh has come up over the past three years to get unearthed between players and coaches you know that they've already been through like this should be a clean slate fresh start as far as i'm concerned and i and so i'm a little uneasy with like hey great news uh on banda he's a fresh face uh ventron uh happy surprise there and then now you know back to what i was afraid of in bloom getting uh you know moving from run game coordinator to defensive line coach that makes no sense to me and uh i just uh want to put that out there in the in the theme of the show that I'm a little uneasy about that. Like, I don't want them to turn around now and keep half this defensive staff. It makes no sense to me at all.
1: I think the question that's fair, Brad, is like, how hard is it to hire some of these assistants? Like, Can't I don't. Be. That's that. That's the question because I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm gonna have to edit that. Sorry. I don't think you're wrong. Like I think that there should be uneasiness about taking one of the worst run defenses in the NFL borderline history since 2000 and then making the run game coordinator your defensive line coach. So there's always going to be mystery about who's the most to blame. There were, and I kind of said this this week, I think it's safe to say, based on people I've talked to, there was a disconnect in the building defensively with the staff between what they should have been doing and what they were doing. So We'll leave it at that. Again, I'm not going to dive too deep into this, but syncing up your run game and pass game to have both sides of the coin covered were not being done in a way that I think everybody was aligned on. And uh, Like I said, there were guys who wanted to get out. I I think that it was clear the coaches that they liked preferred being here. Um, Just because the run game was bad last year doesn't mean Ben Bloom can't handle it. I'm not saying you're wrong, Brad, and there should be apprehension there, but I, I'm, I'm curious to end up seeing who mattered uh, to to the last group and who was sort of uh, unsettled with what they were doing and, and how they went about things. So kind of going to leave it at that. I don't have insight on how hard it is to hire guys who matter. I really don't. I know they tried to hire Matt Burke, right? Matt Burke, the, the former yeah. f- uh, Philly defensive line coach, but it was blocked. And uh, obviously he got the, the Texans job because of the uh, upgrading position, but They tried that angle. I don't know who else is out there for them, who they would have reached out to or who they would have tried to hire for defensive line. And again, generally speaking, with NFL contracts and it being so late here, almost March, how easy it is to get these guys hired in and brought in. I don't know, man. I really don't. I think it's fair to question it. I also have no experience understanding how hard it is to bring in Maybe other guys who are located around the NFL are in college and how willing the Browns are to buy certain guys out of contracts that they're in. A lot of moving parts there. So I just, again, I don't know for sure on that angle. I think you're very fair in being apprehensive about Ben Bloom and and some of the others that you talked about, half measures. I think what it'll it'll really come down to, Brad, is how well can Jim Schwartz coach up his guys? And not not his guys on the field, but coach up his coaches to do right by getting the players ready. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be the true test. He talked about it, coaching up his guys, and he said, you know, if if uh, I can coach up coaches, well, that's going to be in the forefront here, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, and we'll move to yours, right? I think the toxicity that was going on on the defensive side of the ball last year is kind of maybe being trying... Like, I'm not trying to throw, like, the run game problems at the feet of Ben Bloom and say that that was all his issue. He may be a fine coach. But, like, the finger-pointing, uh, there's, you know, there's a, uh, I guess, a culture of, like, like some of the secondary being, like, partiers and, like, you know, more about the nightlife than actual, actually the game, and I don't know how true that is, but, like... There's a lot of nonsense on that side of the ball, and a lot of it aired out in the media and coach-wise as well, very much, you know, exposed, right? Twice. Um, And I'm not naming Ben Bloom or blaming him for it, but I'm just saying no half measures, clean slate, bring in all new guys. Let's give them all a fresh start. If you want a fresh message with a fresh face, let's do it all the way. And that's kind of how I feel.
1: I think that's extremely fair. Um, And and again, you know, coaches get hired. They have to fill out a staff. So it's not like this is impossible, right? Like Stike and and these guys are, are filling out their entire staff. I just I'm curious, again, when you do just one side of the football, like I just I guess the question I would like to ask, Brad, to people that do this for a living is how difficult is it for position coaches to change jobs in the midst of an actual contract and a coach gets fired or you're looking at a lateral move. You know, we make this joke all the time about Kyle Shanahan and the, in the, in the PowerPoint, right? Like that's a huge joke, but the Browns had to actively let him out of that contract. Right. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not something that teams are always willing to do. It must've been for Kyle to be as talented as he was, and, and just to get out of a contract to take a lateral job to, at the time, Atlanta, like he had to lay it on thick, like lay it on yeah. really thick for the Browns to just let him out, you know? So that's um that's one of the mysteries that I would like to ask somebody who does the hiring, firing for a living is like, hey, how hard is it? What hurdles do you guys run into? And and why don't we see more coach movement, stuff like that? Because that we operate in the shroud of like, just mystery all the time even with ventrones hire we're like you know coming up with why is why did it take place when it took place you know like all these questions about did pre know? when did he know how soon did he know like that sort of stuff is there's just seems like there's all these hurdles you have to go over and hoops to jump through to make a hire of any kind and like it just is uh the nfl doesn't seem to make it so easy but yeah we'll, we'll take a quick break only break of this episode come back and then I have uh, one last coaching point of my own as we wrap up what seems to be Cleveland Browns coaches week here uh, in, in the uh, Brown circle. So we'll be right back. my point, Brad, is very succinct, man. I, I, it's this. A lot of people are out on Kevin Stefanski, and I think that that can be fair in a, in a large scale, right? Like, I don't think that people being out on Kevin Stefanski was as unwarranted after this year as it has been in years past where he catches a lot of blame, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think a lot of people were pretty vocal about Joe Woods as well. I think uh, I think Prefer has been a part of the vocal uh, majority that didn't want him to be here. And if you were on the on the side of like, hey, Kevin Stefanski needs to show he's serious and get rid of his, his his buddies, then this has to be appealing. Like, you can't have it both ways. You can't say Kevin Stefanski should have done these things, needed to do them, and then when he does them, you're still out, you're still grumpy. Well, the Browns, only, this is just the offseason, they only win the offseason. Well, if you wanted him to do them, he did them. He got rid of people that he was close to. And he made these moves for people that I think are pretty well respected in NFL circles. Ventrone obviously is a guy who wants to parlay this into a head coaching job someday. It's clear what he's trying to do. He's not coming to Cleveland in order to just be here for a year. His vision is, Hey man, we're going to be really good. This team is closer than Indy was. They're going to be good. And with winning comes opportunities. So to me, Making that move, getting rid of Preef. And, and, and again, special teams coaches can just, I mean, who was the special teams coach who was here forever, Brad? Like, he was Tabor. here forever. T- yeah, Tabor. So, like, they just seem to be like the cockroaches of the NFL coaching they spectrum, are. where yeah, they, they are. stick around f- forever. Like, I know Arizona kept this is the third time, I cannot think of the coach's name, but they kept the special teams coach. This is the third head coaching hire he's lasted through. And people forget Prefer lasted from Kitchens to Kevin. So it's not like Prief was just a part of Kevin. He was here before. These guys survive. So I guess my general point is to make that move the way he did, and actually remove a special teams coach does tell you how much urgency you want to go. You saw this viral clip. I'm not even going to say who said it, but last week about yelling into the radio mic about having urgency, urgency, urgency. Hey, man. What do you think they're doing they're, They They yeah. replaced the D.C. Now the special teams coach. They went out and made one of the most uh, ballsy trades ever for Deshaun Watson. All they have here is urgency. So, again, you can't dislike Kevin Stefanski and be mad at him for not making moves. And then he makes them and not give them some credit for actually making them. So I guess my general point here is I think that he shouldn't, you know, the whole theory of of uh, the, the cake, eat your cake and have it too. Like if you were <laughs> out on Kevin Stefanski because you didn't think he would do these things, then you have to give him some credit for actually doing them. And I think they're doing, they're off to a nice start this off season with putting forward their best foot. Now there are still big hires remaining. We talked about some of the secondary people involved because I do think that Schwartz is an upfront guy and how they develop a secondary thought process and, and how they teach those guys is going to be wildly important. I do like them separating safeties and corners and giving more specialized attention there. But on offense, there is still looming some Petsing potential uh, hires that he's going to take with him. So that opens up some quality control coaches and different things that he can bring in some different voices, some different thought processes. And obviously, too, he's got a big quarterback coach hire to make happen as well. Now, I know that Deshaun Watson on the podcast yesterday uh, earlier this week, talking about they're going to get together. I think that's going to be a collaborative process between Watson, AVP, and Kevin. Uh, but there's an opportunity there to go out and get somebody who has proven, um, you know, that they can help Deshaun and, and bring in again some different thought processes to the offense. So there's still stuff out there. But right now, given that we had already moved on from them making the move for Prefer uh, to remove him, I just, I guess, my point is, man, I, I think that. There should be some credit given. I hope there are people that were out on Kevin who have said, okay, I see he's willing to do whatever it's going to take to win here. And I think that ultimately matters, Brad.
0: 100%. Like, I I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I agree uh, that one of the biggest questions was, like, can he get off of this buddy, you know, remove himself from this buddy-buddy thing, and he is – Thoroughly done that, you know. Woods first, and then there was some some rhetoric around the special teams coach. But then, you know, it feels like they identified somebody they thought was better, and they went and got it done, and that deserves credit one hundred percent. Ventron, um, uh, to your point, was hired was initially hired in Indianapolis. To be on josh mcdaniel's staff that he never showed up to coach how funny is that right uh and yeah. has lasted since then so uh but you know uh, a clear upgrade in my opinion and to your point uh moving away from a friend or a buddy right a pre-existing relationship to hire uh somebody that can help the team now. And uh, that's what we've been asking from him. So uh, for those uh, that, you know, have been saying, oh, he won't do what it takes, uh, I would say that you have evidence to the contrary now.
1: You do. And, and again, these things don't guarantee wins, and nobody is saying that. But Mm -hmm. what you did want to do is find change of voice, but not just change of voice for change of voice. They went out and got people... That actually matter in this profession and have proven track records of putting good units on the field. So that's why we're, that's what I'm encouraged about right now. All we can do is take this whole thing step by step. The first step, which was coaching decisions, I think have been handled pretty well. Now, again, is everything going to plan uh, the maybe the way we hoped to your point earlier, Brad? No. We'll see. They could ultimately regret having Ben Bloomer on the defensive line. We'll see. But, I do think the bigger picture here is they're handling this first stage. Well, we'll see what they do with free agency and some of the decisions on the guys in house. Then we'll see what they do with the draft. But the first part of the offseason, my opinion, off to a pretty good start. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, anything else to close, Brad, before we we wrap this one up?
0: no I I think you're I think you're right and I I know my point was a little more nitpicky but I think they're kind of two different things a little bit um, mm-hmm. but I think you make a very good point about the overarching uh, hires here uh, and doing what it needs to be done mine is more of just kind of a nitpicky process uh, um, you know question so uh, well I mean any anytime listen stuff. I
1: would hope Ben Bloom is socially aware that him going, I mean, he's attached to the run game, like for fair or unfair. And it's, I say this all the time with coaches, Brad, they get too much blame and they get too much credit. It's just, it, it's just it. It's the nature of the profession. It, it, everything eventually comes to fall back in your lap. If you're the run game coordinator. Now I know you're dealing with Larry Curley and Mo out there as your defensive tackles last year. That <laughs> doesn't true. miss any of us, but yeah. you are the run game coordinator. So when they shift you to defensive line, you are attached to one of the worst run game performances in all of football since 2000 that's going to come with you i'm sure if you talk to ben bloom he's gonna say this is a stigma i'm trying to defeat and at this point i think it's very fair to say is that the right decision to keep that guy in the house like does that make sense so what you're saying is schwartz will ultimately come under A microscope with this hire with this decision we'll see Mm. if it pays off we'll see if he can coach them up and get those guys ready to go the Eagles do such a great job back when and they still do it they have one of the more unique social media teams where they get they have some great coaching interviews and stuff like I wish the Browns would do some of the coaching videos and instruction stuff that they use, and like analyzing the game with position coaches. We don't get that as much, so like I don't really have a great feel for who Ben Bloom is as a as a football mind. But I again like I think it's very fair to say is that the right decision. So it's 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 nitpicky in a sense, but it's not because this guy is carrying a stigma of being involved with one of the worst run defenses. We'll see. You're, at, you're really saying if it's going to work out, you're trusting that Jim Schwartz can make it work out in his right. general expertise of upfront play, which is what he's been known for throughout all of his different stops. Tennessee, Detroit, back to Tennessee. Obviously, the Philly stop has been developing and occupying the front to create havoc in the pass game. Be a respectable run game. I think a lot of people were saying about Schwartz is what did he learn in Tennessee to pair modern coverage with the guys up front. That will be the challenge, and really is why I remain so interested in who he's going to bring in as his corners coach and who's going to end up running that that secondary for him as the pass game coordinator. That will be what's most fascinating. But it, you know, I, I like I said, I don't think you're nitpicking. There are still going to be questions remaining on anybody who sticks around on the defensive side of the football from that stuff last year, because questions about them are very fair. So listen, this has been coaching week. Um, (laughs) Like a lot of, a lot of coaching talk on this pod. I think hopefully we've, we've wrapped this up both in OBR Twitch shows and um, you know, the like of, of this podcast and you aren't too drained with it. I think it's been a lot of good stuff here because these are important moves. I mean, these are your number two and number three in the coaching ranks that they're making decisions on and um, you know I'm sure we'll have some more banter over the coming you know couple of weeks because they're gonna have to fill out the staff and let us know some of these important positions they can't let this linger into like like late March and April because you're too far down the road at that point right you're like in the into you're into pro days and the draft and like you need yeah. to be unified right so yep. hopefully they they sort those things out and we'll touch on them at that point but but for now the, the big decisions have been made there, there, there's some positive here. I think it's still fair to question some things, but there's some positive, too. So Brad will continue on All Eyes on Cleveland, giving you all the insights uh, that you could possibly need. Check out Brad's live show Thursday nights, uh, every Thursday on the OBR Twitch and YouTube. Fantastic guests. Uh, and, and again, it generally... Uh, on his podcast that posts on all podcast platforms is going to bring in a broad variety of people uh, to give you great perspective on that so check out brad's show as often as you can on the blue wire podcast network check out the obr film breakdown as you're here and listening um you know give us both a um you know subscribe to these podcasts as well so you get them delivered to you uh, every morning when you get podcasts dropped into your inbox we appreciate you being here we appreciate checking out the obr got a ton of great stuff going up mox free agents all the above we got four mocks brad's putting out a mock with me this weekend uh if you didn't see it yesterday it was on our saturday four mock. so check that out um as, as we continue to drop as many names as we possibly can and give you all the scenarios as i can't believe the combine is going to be here next week brad's going to hit heavy and then all of a sudden it's going to be free agency man so it's uh, fine by it's hitting the sweet spot finally yes, we it February is. is the slow period then you get everything all at once and then it's the draft before you know it so fun stuff all around brad I appreciate you being here and doing the show with me man
0: right back at you brother uh yes absolutely 100 enjoy it and uh well done as always
1: all right thanks for being here for brad for for me uh at the obr film breakdown we appreciate you guys have a great sunday you go browns